the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. If you're hearing my voice, that means Renee, your usual host here on Oral Sessions, has popped out a baby. And I am taking over the duties as a host here, completely unskilled and unprepared and uh, unqualified to do this, really. So listen at your own risk. I apologize. I knew it was going to happen. But unfortunately, there's about a million plugs for my new book called Mox, which you can pre-order on Amazon right now because, uh, let's face it, I just, you know, I couldn't help myself. I apologize for that. If you don't want to buy the book, don't buy the fucking book then. Welcome to Oral Sessions. Welcome to Oral Sessions. I'll be your host this evening. My name is John Moxley, joined by my friend Emilio here on Oral Sessions. Yeah. <sighs> See, that was my Ryback voice that Renee hates, but it's not really so much a Ryback voice as it is kind of an amalgamation of Ryback and, uh, you know that offspring record where they do intermission? It's now on the ombre, and it's like, uh, intermission. Yeah. But when I say oral sessions, I have to do it in the voice. And now here I am hosting this show. On my day, I'm about to have a kid. I just flew from Jacksonville, competed in a crazy match. I can't even barely walk today. I don't know how many of those I got left in me uh, on pay-per-view in front of 5,000 people. Then I fly all the way home. I got stuff to do. I got bills to pay. I got, you know, I'm still finishing editing a book. I'm dealing with artwork. I'm talking to people on the phone. And then I got to come in here and do her job too. I am really, really carrying the workload around here, but she's carrying like 35 pounds of uh, goo in her belly and a human. So it, it all evens out in the end. But uh, here I am hosting a show, completely unqualified for this. And this is going to be a total shit show. We're gonna, just going to see what happens. I, I, I understand we've sourced some questions from the audience, uh, the, the loyal oral sessions audience that loves oral sessions. Yeah. Uh, here on the volume, you know, so I'm a professional. I get in here. I get the job done. I'm like an entertainment Navy SEAL. You can stick me in anywhere. Give me, the, give me that Kelly Ripa fucking gig. So what would you do differently as opposed to Kelly Ripa if you were to host it? Like, how would we change live with Kelly and Ryan and just make it John and Ryan? A lot of morning drinking, a lot of swearing. You know, it, it would really tank the whole thing or change television completely. I, I don't know. But give, give me a call, you know. No, I, I want her. I want her to get the Kelly Ripa gig because I want to just be a stay-at-home dad and go do indie shows on the weekends. So I want her to get like that giant fat paycheck, so I don't have to work because I did all my work on the front end. You see, right? So I just want now. I just want her to make all the money, and I just want to relax. See what I'm saying? 
That's literally living the dream, bro. Like I want to be a stay at home house husband in the worst possible way. Like I, I'm a big, this is us guy. So I'm watching that. And Toby's over here flipping out about needing to go back to work for his mental sanity. We're just watching that. Stay at home. Take care of the kid. You had the kid. You're responsible for the kid. Okay. Somebody's got to take care of it. She wants to go to work. What are you complaining about? And you know what? Fuck Kevin. I'm sick of Kevin. I'm sick of his attitude. No, he's a bitch. I'm sick of his attitude. He's always got to create problems. Everything, he's got to make everything dramatic. You know, I'm glad that girl dumped him. I'm glad she didn't marry him. He didn't deserve her. They weren't in love. He was not in love with that woman. His ex-girlfriend. I'm glad she saw this. He's just he, he's Fuck one of those Kevin. pleasers. I think he's one of those settlers that just settles for happiness because he feels nobody else is going to love him. Kevin is nothing but problems. Why is everything got to be so dramatic? So before we get into these questions here, you know, I feel like now I have now I'm at work. Now I'm now I'm, you know, now I'm working. I'm going to give everybody a lesson here how to get fired up. OK, before we start taking these questions. This right here. Tiger bomb. Even better if you get the red stuff. I basically live by this. Only on show days. Even though sometimes I want to do it on an off day when I can't walk or I feel like crap, which is basically every day. Save it for the show day because the smell of Tiger Ball makes me know that it's fucking go time, right? So that's what we're going to do right now. Here's a little trick. Here's a little trick a wrestler called Bull Payne told me before my second or third ever tag match. Very intimidating guy, kind of a biker looking kind of thing. Very successful veteran of the industry. He had a baseball bat and a leather jacket and the spikes and the whole thing. And he goes, stick this up your nose. I don't want you getting blown up. And so I did. And I went, ah, and now I have a, uh, a superstition to where if I don't have Tiger Bomb before a match, I fear that everything will just go to absolute hell. So in the interest of, uh, you know, props and visual aids here on the volume, we're going to do a little bit of Tiger Bomb. So I'll stick over on your camera. Get in that. Oh, yeah. I should have sent you some. Here we go. This is a pro tip. There we go. If you're going to do the whole neck and everything, you need rubber gloves. You know, you can get them at Walgreens, trainer's room, because you don't want to get Tiger Balm in your eye right before you go out. More importantly, you don't want to get Tiger Balm in your urethra, which happens. You know, there's nothing you can do. You just have to wait it out until the, there we go. Feel that burn. Let's take some questions. We use the hashtag AskMox. Now, you can ask Mox anything. You can ask Mox about relationships, groceries, taxes, professional wrestling, whatever. I'm very wise. You are. You you are what we call Dr. Feelgood on, on the Valentine's Day episode. And you answered many a question about romance. So this one comes from that guy, Travis. And he goes, hey, John, freshly engaged. And I'm wondering the very obvious. What would you say has been the key to your successful relationship? I know it takes so much just looking for your number one bit of advice. Oh, I hate I know I was going to have to do this and I hate to do it. Here's the situation I'm in. You know, I have a book that's available for pre-order now, right? That you can go on Amazon and buy. Chock full of life advice on matters such as these. And I don't want to give away the farm for free here on the volume because, you know, I'm trying to sell some books. You know, I'd like to sell a few. You know, what? I don't really care if I, you know, whatever. So I'm going to have to give away. I'm going to give a little bit, but I can't give away the whole farm. So this is the first time of like a dozen more times throughout this podcast where i'm gonna be like well if you want the full story on this you can read my upcoming uh because i wouldn't call it an autobiography really i don't even know what i would call it it's trash it's a terrible book but it's gonna sell a bunch of copies 
You can buy it for pre-order at Amazon right now. I'm going to say that like 12 more times. So to answer your question, if I had to, if I had to give you one, what is the key? I'll give you two. Now I'm giving them, I'm not going to give away the whole farm, but I'll give you two. Happy wife, happy life. Keep them happy. That is your job. Like, you know, when you're a, a play football, you're on the defensive line, your job is to stop the gap. I'm covering a gap on this play. We're in a three, four or in a four, three or whatever it is. I'm the defensive tackle. My job, you know, the football coach says, do your job. I plug the a gap. Your job is to keep your significant other happy and everything else will just fall into place. So stay focused on your job. Most importantly, sex. Lots and lots and lots of sex. What about some tiger bomb up the nose before sex? No, no, two different things, two separate worlds. You know what I said about the urethra? Don't get it anywhere near. I mean, some people have different types of kink mocks, but that's neither here nor there. You got all kinds of body parts, orifices, nipples flying about. You don't need any tiger bomb anywhere near that situation. All right, so this one goes to Lady Regan, and she wants to know, if your daughter wanted to get involved in the wrestling business right out of high school, what would you tell her? was really passionate about it, then, uh, then yeah, go for it. If not, if it was just like a playing around thing, then go play around with it. Sometimes you get into some stuff and you play around. Sometimes you're gung ho about something. I was gung ho about this. All I've ever wanted to do. This was not a playing around, having fun. This is not, let's try this out, see if it works out. Like, you know, some people come into wrestling with that attitude and then go on to make millions of dollars. Then they get really good at it, you know? Uh, so it can work. But, you know, me, I was, this is, this was my life. This was it. There was no other anything, you know? So I, I would assess where her mindset was. And if it was like, hey, you know, get in there and uh, take a bump, see how that feels. And then, you know, maybe everything changes. So, yeah, I mean, but if she wanted to go be a circus performer or a math teacher or join the Peace Corps or be a pro wrestler or a hockey player or ringette, we don't have that here. But Renee might be able to teach her to play ringette. Whatever she wanted to do. I say do whatever you want to do. And I, I would support. So if she came to you and said, Dad, I've been watching a ton of your old deathmatch stuff. I'm ready to go. I want to go through barbed wire. I want to have the spooky light tube dust busted all over my head. How are you reacting to that? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because this person isn't in existence yet. So I don't know this person. You know, so I mean, my initial instinct is like, okay, maybe not, you know, you don't need to do that. I wouldn't tell her no. I would guide her. I would say, if you're going to do something, here's how we do it safely. Cause I'd much rather her, uh, you know, like how parents say, like, oh, I'd rather them drink in the house if we're home than they're out at some party where we don't know what's going on. I'd rather supervise it. So if she wanted to go, if she ever wanted to get into wrestling in theory, I would rather guide it and make sure it was done correctly and safely and right and for the right reasons and so forth like that but i don't know this person yet there's she's still in my wife's belly for you know for so i, I don't know who who she is i mean it's gonna happen you know you will shape and the whole nature nurture thing will come into pine so either they're born with it or, or or it's made over time i've got like a stacks of parenting books i'm like i'm not even reading that because it's too it's too it's too much i'm looking at this like uh I'm just going to call this in a ring. Everybody tells me that, uh, you know, it all is natural and it's it, your instincts take over. And I'm like, okay, well, then if that's the case, I'm just going to wing it. Because to me, 
And like, I had an opportunity to like hold somebody's baby like a few weeks back. And I said, no, thank you. No offense. Beautiful baby. But here's why. I don't climb the ladder during the day of a pay-per-view before there's a crowd, before there's a, I don't get up on top of the cage. You know, if they make me for like a camera rehearsal, I'm always like, Oh, don't make me do that. Cause it's when you get up there with no adrenaline, it seems very scary. It seems 10 times higher during the day. I'm going to do it once on live TV with adrenaline pumping. I'm just going to pop, 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 go up there and jump off. I'm not even going to think about it. So I'll hold the baby for the first time. I've never held the baby. I'll do that for the first time when it's real, when it's life and death and it's my baby. And then let all the adrenaline and nature and millions of years of uh, evolution take over. And then I'll be good. So this one comes from Sophie D loves BSB. What are your top three karaoke songs? See, I, I can't actually sing. My voice is all messed up. I can't do anything. I can't hit high notes. There's songs that I wish I could sing that I just can't sing. Yeah, I just, I, my, my, there's sounds that my, of a higher pitch, even just words in the ways that I just literally, my voice can't make that sound. So I have to choose my karaoke songs very carefully. So you stick with like the low, the low stuff, right? Billy Idol, White Wedding is a go-to for me. Hey, little sister, what have you done? See, I can handle that, right? Bloodhound Gang, uh, Firewater Burn. I can handle that. It's a lot of words. It's almost like rapping, but I got it all memorized. So I can, I can hit it when they got that song. Sweet Caroline is always a crowd favorite. Crowd loves that one. Uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of Neil Diamond vibes from you in terms of like speech and tone. I went on a Pearl Jam black phase for a while when we were, we were at uh, Dino's karaoke in Vegas. And I went on some Pearl Jam black. And I think I kind of pulled it off a little bit, to be honest with you. You know, Eddie Vedder has a real guttural voice, and so do you in, in terms of like pitch and tone. So I can see you doing that, but I, I can't see you doing Cemetery Gates, but I can see you doing later Pantera. I love Pantera to death, but I don't know if it's for the whole room. You know what I mean? You know what I could see you doing that I think you would crush it just because you you, you ooze sex appeal, um, according to the, the internets. I could see you do Let's Get It On. You know what? I should try that next time we go to care. You know, COVID's ending, people getting vaccinated. I'm vaccinated as fuck. I can go right out to a bar right now and go karaoke. Maybe like on the next Jericho cruise, we'll hit some, uh, let's get it on. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. And I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. So this one comes from Brent Smith 0988. Mox, what is a good vacation idea for a third anniversary? I mean, it totally depends on your personalities and what y'all are into and everything. I mean, 
some people going to WrestleMania is the greatest vacation ever for them. They go to all the shows all week and so forth. Some people are into hiking. Some people are into bopping around cities and sightseeing and so forth. So it uh, all depends on the personality. I will say this as far as vacations go. So I'm not a big vacation person per se because I've lived my entire life traveling. I've been fortunate enough to have been paid to see the world on another man's dime, basically. And I've got to have my wife there with me for a lot of that. Like my vacation is coming home. Home is a novelty. At least it always was until 2020 when everything went all weird and we quarantining and stuff. But up to that, getting two days where you just get to sit at home and be in your own space and actually be at home, that was the vacation. We went on one actual vacation once. It was to Hawaii. It's the first time I ever missed the TV in like years. I had to put in for it like months in advance, right? So I missed this TV. We're going to go to Hawaii for like six days. It was like going to be like our honeymoon, even though it was like, months after we actually got married so we booked the hotel and we do the thing we go there or whatever i was hurt during that too and was like an immense pain and i couldn't sleep so that kind of ruined it but we had planned so much stuff and there was so much stuff to do and there's so many options that it wasn't like relaxing it felt like an event like it felt like i was like i gotta get up and i gotta go see this and this and this before that closes or whatever so it was almost not like it was work but it was like I wouldn't call it relaxing that same injury. Actually, when I actually, I had to ended up having to go to Birmingham, Alabama to rehab. Right. So we can't fly with the dog cause he's, he's a fat little bitch. So we got, but we got to bring him. So we got to drive. So I have to drive my truck across the country to Birmingham with the dog. And it was took like three days, but we're in no rush. So we drove like 10 hours a day over three days, very relaxing time through New Mexico, through West Texas, like the beautiful pinks and oranges of New Mexico and so forth. And like, like we stayed in like Albuquerque the first night and then like somewhere in Texas the second night, like we were in no rush. And all we did was just sit in the car and look out the window, listen to like podcasts or music and talk and just look at the scenery going by. And three days of all that driving, you think that would be like a giant pain in the ass. I've never been more relaxed. By the time we got to Birmingham, I was like, that was so relaxing. Just like chill in the car, watch some scenery go by and talk to your best friend or your significant other or whatever. So I would say if your significant other is your best friend, it doesn't matter where you go. You're going to be having a good time. This one comes from Danhausen AD. What type of jeans are the best to work out in and sleep in? Is there one for both? Page jeans. I believe P-A-G-E. They're not specifically designed for uh, athletics. Like there's some kind of brand called like barbell jeans, I think. But I actually didn't think they fit me very well. Like the uh, page jeans, you can just get them at the mall, like JCPenney or whatever. But they're light. They're stretchy. They're loose. They look good. They're good for real life. You can run a marathon in them. You can wrestle a match in them. You can sleep in them. You can walk around in them. They're all purpose. They're comfortable as all hell from the minute you put them on. They're like light and loose. I mean, they're not designed for wrestling or anything like that. They're just regular jeans. But the way they, whatever they're made out of, however they do it, that's the, that's the brand. You know, I've got that question a lot over the years. So let's put that to bed right now. The page jeans are the, are the best. 
you're synonymous with jeans. And I hope this is in your book that's come out and it's available for pre-order right now that you, you get into why John Moxley sleeps in jeans, works out in jeans, wrestles. I don't always sleep. Look, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. See, I'm wearing sweatpants and dad shoes. What's the dad shoe? What, what, what's the- Check these out. Look at those suckers. Oh, those are very dad-esque. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're ugly as all hell. I might have to get you a pair of Jordans. No, I don't, I don't spend much money on shoes because I, I, I like, I just want them to fit. And I got a big goofy foot. I wear 14 wide. So like I wore Payless shoes forever just because they had, they always have 14s. I just want a, I just want a comfortable pair of shoes, man. I'm about function over fashion as far as shoes go. You, mostly shoes I wear are uh, like I wear Under Armour tactical boots. I have like a pair to work in, a pair for real life, and I'll kind of alternate them. And I, I always like just it seems like every few weeks I just Amazon a new one just to make sure I still got a fresh pair coming in. That's why wrestling because we started wearing combat boots with the shield and the, we tried different brands that were lighter because we started out in like these steel toe motherfuckers and we we're breaking people's faces open. So found some lighter, more uh, nimble, athletic tactical boots, but they go with everything. You, I've worn them with a suit. You can wear them to the gym. You can wear them anywhere with anything. And that's, that's what I wrestle in. So they're just all purpose shoes. They're comfortable, light. They fit. They look good. They go with anything. You're a tactical man. You're a simple man. You're a man that just likes to have what he has. He whirls out of bed. There's his shoes right there. He puts them on. He might go rock climbing. He might go running. He might kick somebody in the face. The shoe has an all-purpose shoe. What about a croc, though, Mox? Would you wear a croc for comfort around the house? Taking out the garbage, walking the dog? Like, are you a croc? Absolutely not. I have pride, okay? <laughs> There's a limit. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, croc. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Some people like to wear Crocs. They feel that this style is comfortable. Hey, do what you want to do, but, but you know, don't put that shit on me. Your feet might feel good in them. Never, never knock them until you try them. I don't own a pair of Crocs. You know when I feel uncomfortable? When I look fucking stupid. <laughs> That's when I feel uncomfortable. All right, this one's from uh, BN fan underscore thunder and he wants to know has renee tried to limit what you do with hardcore wrestling or do you just accept the grief when you go home no i don't get any i don't get any grief from her i'm a professional this is what i do i've done it my entire existence this is this is who she married she knows i'm not stupid i am not attempting to go out there and get hurt the goal is to come home in one piece every single time she's been there through it all you know, and the worst injuries and so forth that always had nothing to do with uh, some crazy spot or something. It's always like just some random stupid thing. It's a physical sport. It's a contact sport, man. You know, and she, she knows that. She knows wrestling now. She's come to learn it and understand it. She's been a big part of this business. It, I, get, I get no grief from her, truly. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in play. 
So the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. This one comes from, and I'm probably going to botch your name, so my apologies, uh, Joe Bonkan Bocic. The origins of the Titty Master nickname. This is in the book, isn't it? No, no, actually, it's not. So I'm going to give it here for oral sessions on the volume. Oral sessions on the volume. The story of the Titty Master. And here's the thing you have to understand. That one does not simply wake up in the morning and put on the Titty Master. One does not come home at night and take it off. This is a life you live when you are bequeathed with the energy of the titty master. I mean, it all started, I wake up in a cold sweat, cold sweat. I had a nightmare. And I was given a message, you know, through the ether. I knew where I needed to go. Somehow I knew the, the, the universe put me on this path. And I set on a journey to Mount Titicaca. And I climbed to the top of this mountain, lightning crashing, wind. It's dust in my face, hot ash flying. And I see the titty elders at the top of, of the mountain standing around a tree. And they all raise their hands to the air. And then lightning strikes and it hits this big oak tree. I think it was an oak. May have been a, a ficus. But not like one of the little ficuses that are in like an office. This is like one of the, well, like a super ficus. Whatever kind of tree it was, it doesn't matter. And then out of this, this lightning strike, I see red glowing two pieces of wood. I'm called to them. I feel a pull. And the elders look at me and I look at them and I look at the, I look at the wood and I see it come into view and I see it here and it's this pair of nunchucks inscribed into the wood with the lightning, a T and inscribed into the wood, <laughs> the burning fire of the lightning, an M. And the elders, they put their hoods up and they walk away and they leave me alone on top of the mountain with, with these. And I realized at that moment that I, I am the titty master. Do you understand? I'm following. There can be only one. Exactly. So how sick are your Chuck skills? Oh, if I was standing up, I'd be, you know, dangerous. What other weapons do you have? Because that, that was a, a big question, too, on the Ask Mosks hashtag. Like, how many weapons does John Moxley own? Are, are you into ninja swords? Because I knew you were we were doing this today, so I wanted to bring out one that my grandfather bequeathed to me when he passed away. Oh, that's that's not bad. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people do the swords, you know? So, like, I, I don't really go that direction. I got a whole arsenal of nunchucks. I got steel, wood. Balsa wood, you know, obviously the sacred ancient ones, these aren't to be played with. These are not toy. Okay. This is a whole different thing. But uh, I got some that are like probably six pounds on each side that you could just absolutely crack somebody's face open with. I got a blowgun that I've been shooting out in the backyard, uh, just waiting for a rat to try to invade or a rattlesnake or something like that. I got a lot of throwing knives. I got size. My favorite, oh, I got a spear. You know, my favorite uh, gimmick, though, is a thing called the Shambok, which is spelled S-J-A-M-B-O-K. It's a South African snake whip. 
Right. I think I discussed this with Josh Barnett in the very first episode of this very show, so I won't go too deep into it. But basically, it's a little piece of metal with like rubber around it. It looks like a giant dildo. It doesn't look intimidating at all. But you whip it, and the velocity it creates, you can fuck some shit up with that thing. The one time, I, the first time I tried it, I hit a freaking watermelon with it, and it just like it cut through that thing like a laser beam. It was freaking nuts like you you could cut somebody's head off with that thing and it's not sharp it's just all about the velocity so i got those stationed all around the house you know so if we ever got like an intruder or anything he would get shambocked into fucking oblivion like real quick this one comes from uh brogan and brogan wants to know top five whiskeys the old number seven is, is number one obviously just regular ass jack daniels I like Gentleman Jack too, which is real similar, but like a little bit smoother and sweeter. And like, it's hard to even classify them as two different things. But I guess you could make Gentleman a number two. Uh, generally, that I just stick right there in that wheelhouse because I know exactly what I'm getting into. It's not like some of the ones are so strong that like, I'm like, no, I got a headache. That wasn't that, you know, I like a smooth ride, you know, but I like bullet bourbon a lot. This is a little stronger, a different thing. Crown, obviously another go-to. I feel like Crown is the, chemically, the components are the most similar to Jack Daniels. So like if, say I was in Canada or something in the airport and they didn't have Jack, I would immediately go to Crown. Because I feel like it's the same thing as far as like how strong it is, how it would affect you. Like it's basically chemically the same. Very different taste, more of a vanilla vibe with the crown you know and canadian club it has something about it that uh it's kind of charming what about the japanese whiskeys i really thought i would get into that especially going over japan a bunch but i just none of them ever did anything for me you, you get the whiskey highballs over there where you get like it's like club soda and whiskey which is cool because you're like hydrating and it's like it's only like a little tiny taste of the whiskey I can dig that a little bit, but generally, like the Centauri's, like it's just not—they're not like my favorite thing. I mean, I, I would drink them if I was in Japan, but like, I wouldn't buy it if I was here. Would you ever brew your own whiskey? Because I know Josh Barnett has his own whiskey. Would you ever want to dive into thing? If I'm going to put my name on anything, like this book that you can pre-order now on Amazon.com called Mox, it's got to be like true to me and exactly and like it would have to be okay this is the whiskey that i drink above all of the whiskeys if i was going to put my name on it but the thing is jack daniels already perfected that shit i don't even know anything about it so how would i how would i create something better than that i can't therefore like i could put i could just get any whiskey and put my name on it call it mox whiskey make a few bucks off of it but it would be a farce it would be bullshit i'd be lying i'd be disingenuous because it wouldn't be as good as jack daniels Who's perfected it? Don't fake defunct. All right. So this one's from NWO Hollywood 305. Any advice to someone looking to change careers mid thirties? Just do it. You know, people always go like, oh, you know, I hate my job. I hate my job. But then they never leave the job. They feel like they're stuck in where they are and so forth. Dude, I tell people, there's so many jobs out there. There's always a job. There's always money to be had. Money goes in circles. It changes hands. You go. You buy a pack of cigarettes, money changes hands. You go buy a car, money changes hands. You sell a house, you buy a house. Like there's, uh, the, you, you clock in, you clock out, you cash your check, you spend your money. Money's always coming, and going. There's always ways to get money. And how much money do you need? You need money to eat and put a roof over your head. 
and provide for whoever you have to provide for. So I don't know your situation in your mid thirties, maybe you have kids and so forth. So, you know, you are going to have to take into account what kind of financial risks you can take. You know, I mean, if you got kids and bills and so forth like that, but generally, man, you got to step off the ledge first, you know? And if something, if you're asking this question, probably you're thinking of something else already. Otherwise you'll never get there. Just go for it. Ultimately everything will work out as long as you just kind of follow your, your heart and what you're feeling. And if you hate your job and you're trying to switch careers, it'll work itself out later, man. Don't worry about the little details. So when Renee and the volume sports tweeted out that you were going to be a guest host on oral sessions and we did the hashtag ask Mox, a lot of people wanted to know if John Moxley wasn't a professional wrestler, what would John Moxley do? I think I answered that question on this last show. Actually, I, when I took a, like an aptitude test, they told me I'd be a forest firefighter, which I never went and did that, but I, it seems like a cool job. Like I'd be into that. As you'll find out, you know, if you pre-order my book on Amazon, that I think I actually maybe been a decent writer. You know, I have no writing skills. I never went to school for writing. I don't know anything about anything. But I think I kind of, once I started picking up, I kind of had a knack for it. Because it's storytelling, basically, is what you're doing. I mean, if it's different, I guess, if you're like a history writer and you're writing a history book. But if you're writing just a, a book just for shits and giggles, you know. You know, you want to capture people's attention. You want to spin a yarn. You want to tell a story. And that's what we do in the ring. That's what you do with the promo. That's what you do with an angle. And writing is just another form of that. Writing is different, too, because you get you get no instant feedback. Like in the ring this weekend, we got instant feedback. We came out, place went nuts. We beat the Young Bucks ass, place went nuts. Young Bucks beat us up, place booze. Like we, you get instant feedback. But writing a story that you, isn't even going to be released till November, but they're going to go like hotcakes. So you got to pre-order it now. Uh, I'm like, is this any good? And now I'm so close to it that I'm like, Oh no, it probably sucks. Like, I don't know. Cause now I've, now I've gone through the editing process and read so many times and now I don't even like it anymore. Cause like I'm too close to it. So I'm really excited to, to hopefully people like it when it does come out, you know? So I guess my rambling answer to your question was maybe I would have been a writer because it's uh, something in the same vein as what I do. Now, what was the most difficult part of writing the book? Because you understand storytelling and you understand to build and rise and, and, and how to, you know, get it over. But what was the most difficult thing? Because essentially this is, it's your life story. So how much do you want to share? How open do you get? Like, was there difficulty in opening up about your past, your childhood or like whatever? As far as like what to put in and whatnot, you know, you don't want to jam. It's like, uh, kind of like a wrestling match too, like, or like, uh, or like a promo. That's why WWE promos fucking suck. Cause they jammed 5,000 fucking words in there that aren't necessary. Say what you want to say, mean what you want to say, get your point across. I'm going to beat your ass on Saturday night. Cause I don't like you. Boom. Done. And sometimes at a match, it's like, okay, we planned out all these fucking spots, but like, really, what is the story? What are we trying to get? You're the good guy. I'm the bad guy. You're big. You're small. You're tall. You're, short whatever the the contrast of styles or the the story we're telling what do we have all this sometimes you just look at it and go you know what we don't need all that extra shit i probably wasted like a month on a bunch of shit that i just went like i don't fucking need this like this is just i don't even know why i'm putting this in here it fucks up the flow and just i don't know i shit can't at all wasted a month of work because i was just like it doesn't serve the purpose of the book like because and i almost looked at it like an album like you have an opening track and uh 
you go up and you go down and you have like a ballad and you get to, and then you come back up or whatever you know and you have a close so once i started to get a kind of get a feel for what i wanted to want it to be it was real easy to just shit can stuff not because but there's, there was nothing i was hiding or leaving if i'm leaving it out because it just doesn't fit so like crafting that like perfectly balanced story i wouldn't say that was the hardest part and that was your question but uh the hardest part is just the focus because it takes an incredible amount of focus to write a book. Right. I mean, I knew it was going to take a lot of hours, a lot of sitting and typing, writing and thinking. I didn't realize like how mentally and emotionally draining it was going to be like two hours of like really deep writing. You feel like you just ran a fucking marathon. You're like, you're like physically spent. That's like really draining to go to these places, especially when they're not really pleasant places. You don't want to go. It was tough. So hopefully it's good. Maybe it'll suck. I don't know. Like, I don't, doesn't matter because I, I, I like it. I think I can confidently say that I like it. I think you'll like it. Um, I'm, I'm into it. All right. So this comes from ex lucky lass. Speaking of fatherhood, she wants to know what's the one thing you are looking forward to as a new father. I mean, I don't know anything about any of it. So like, I, I, I mean, people have their things that they were cool moments for them. So I'm like, I, I get that all sounds good. It all, it all sounds good to me. I'm like, that all sounds good. Like people go, Oh, this is the greatest moment in your life. This changed my life or this or that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool to me. But like, I don't know. I'm okay. So like, I'm waiting for it. So like, I don't know. Everybody's just putting it. Everybody's putting this experience over to me. So like, I'm like ready to, okay, let's do it. Like, I just, I don't have a particular one. I guess it'd be interesting to see like, if, uh, if she's more like her or more like me, you know, cause it, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's some, there's some bad DNA in my bloodline. So I'm hoping for mostly hers. Like if I just got a little Renee, I'd be, I'd be cool with that. I got way too many problems that needed to die with me so that I hope don't go any further. So I'm hoping for just like a little Renee that I'd be cool with that. I want to rip through a couple of more because a lot of people want your relationship advice. So this one is from real Dan page. My girlfriend is trying to get me to go vegan and I don't want to give up meat. Do I quit meat or quit her? Those two things shouldn't be mutually exclusive. I mean, if this is a good relationship, then you should be able to eat meat if you want. And she should be able to be a vegan if she wants. And you shouldn't fuck with each other. If it's you either got to be a vegan with me or not. Go fuck yourself. Get the fuck out of here. You don't need her. Live and let live. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. This one comes from Deadly Gambit. I've been out of the dating game for five years now after I was called undateable by someone who I thought was a friend due to my disabilities. My self-esteem has been shot and I do not know how to try to jump back in there. Do you have any suggestions? Don't worry about what anybody else ever said in the past. That's the past. The past is in the past because it's the past. So leave it in the past. In the here and now, you know, look at who you are, what you bring to the table and be yourself. You know, when you find the right person, it's easy and they're out there and you'll find them as far as where to look. I don't know. You know, sometimes they're right in front of you. Sometimes they just stumble right into your life. You know, I know at least one person who had incredible success on that eHarmony. I think that thing actually works. It's a guy named High IQ Quentin Lee was an old HWA wrestler. And he was like, yeah, I was just so sick of dating. So I went on the C harmony and I just typed in, I like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. This is exactly who I am. And he just laid it all out. Three weeks later, he met his wife who he's still married to today. Who's like, they were perfect for each other. 
because he just said, this is who I am. Make no apologies about it. And sure enough, Rolodex comes through. Oh, there's a person exactly like you. So maybe maybe technology like that is good. You know, I saw at least one person who had a lot of success with it. But also, you know, real life is all around you, man. So keep your eyes and ears open. If you stay true to yourself, your true love will find you. What man, that is deep. And I think that's how we end it right here. Mox, is there anything you want to plug besides the book, which is on pre-order right now on Amazon? No, that's about it. That's all I got going on. All right, man. Listen, is there anything that you want to you want to close out with? Do you do you have anything concrete and a knowledge dart that you want to you want to end on a high note? We've had a great time here on oral sessions. This has been oral sessions with Emilio and John Moxley on the volume. See you next time. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over-under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. I hope everybody had a wonderful time here on oral sessions. If you're listening to this and hearing my voice, that probably means that I'm uh, knee deep in baby shit. And, um, hopefully having the time of my life or ready to pull out whatever hair I still have left. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode here on Oral Sessions.